this summer. Your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. So, Stu, back in the studio with you. It's nice and cool in here. Had a great podcast, right? Oh. It's coming up. The temperature is perfect in this room, as always, when you're here. And welcome back. Yeah. After months on the road. Yes. Glenn Beck is back in town for today. And uh, and a good show to start with. Um, Today we had Carrie Lake on, governor of, or wants to be the governor of uh, Arizona. We also had James Lindsay on. Uh, He is... One of the smarter guys I know came from academia, was a real leftist, uh, and then saw what was happening and realized I am on the wrong side. He just has been permanently banned from Twitter. He makes a very good case on today's program of what Twitter is actually endorsing and doing uh, and what it means to all of us. Also, we went over the new big climate bill. Uh, People say that, you know, I'm generally for it. 51%. 51%. They, I haven't seen a poll yet of asking Americans, do you know what's in the bill? This is going to be game-changing for America. 87,000 new IRS agents to enforce the green bill. This, we will explain, and you will understand why we're in a different America as soon as this bill goes through and they hire those irs agents now here's something amazing tons of americans out there still don't know it's possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals that they could be saving up for retirement also building a protective wall against inflation and other forms of economic insanity that pop up from time to time or every five minutes now it's a really big deal and it's something that goldline can help you with right now been working with Goldline for, gosh, 15 years, and that's because I trust them. They do business the right way. I've seen it for myself. I was a customer of theirs years before they were a customer of mine. So I don't want you to assume, you know, that I've done my homework and what I say is absolutely, you know, gospel. I need you to do your own homework, too. You find out. Give them a call today. Time's not on any of our sides. Contact Goldline today. Tell them Glenn sent you from the podcast and give Goldline the code MYB, which represents the Mind Your Business Silver Bar that they'll give you just as a thank you for calling in. Request information at their website, goldline.com, or call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Just for calling in, say Glenn sent you from the podcast. MYB is the promo code, and they'll send that silver bar to you for free just thanking you for calling in. Do it now. Goldline.com. You're listening to 
the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, Stu, nice to be here. You are back. Good to see you. Glenn Beck back in Texas. Yes, good to see you. Good to see you as well. Yeah, thank you. I flew in on uh, Saturday so I could be here for the, uh, the CPAC uh, uh, speech. How'd I gave, it go? Uh, it went really well. I saw the president and... Uh, uh, he Biden is, was there. Wow, that's amazing. No, I saw the real president, oh, okay. uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> he was he was on fire, um, and I I think he well he's clearly running, but I think he really gets it. Um, but he also is still really pissed, really pissed mm. about the last election um, that was not on his teleprompter. Um, but he, he did <laughs> no? mention it a couple of times. Really? Yeah. And I kind of go back and forth because I can see how personal it is to him. And that bothers me. But then again, it kind of makes me happy because I know he'll make cleaning out that hornet's nest top priority. Mm. And that has to be done. Uh, because look at what's happening now. We, If we don't collapse the size of this government soon, it will become an oppressor. Yesterday, or over the weekend, the Senate passed the $740 billion climate and health care reconciliation package. Now, just remember, $700 billion was the size of the TARP, Obama. The first Obama Obama stimulus stimulus package. And we all had a cow that it was $700 billion. We thought that was outrageous. This is 740 billion just on climate and quote health care. But is it? Let me give you some uh, let me give you some information on this. It passed. The bill includes 370 billion dollars in green energy subsidies. Now, do you remember how well the green energy subsidies happened last time when Obama was in? Aren't we just making money hand over fist with all of those great investments that we made under Obama? I'm a billionaire because of my investment in Solyndra. Right. Really? Yeah. Are you? Because it's just it worked out so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it because of inflation? Because I yeah. think that went out. <laughs> yeah. I think that went out of business. Oh. Um, <clears throat> now, here is the key to this bill. $80 billion. Now, remember, 370. This is the biggest thing ever. This is this has got to be done because we're all going to die in a fiery flood. Three hundred and seventy billion and eighty billion is for the IRS. Now, I want you to listen to what they say, and you'll read it over and over and over again. It's the Internal Revenue Service for enforcement. Now, enforcement. Do we have that many greedy billionaires that just aren't paying their taxes? I'd like to know. Do we have that many billionaires that don't have enough money for really good attorneys to read the law that you're going to need 87,000 new IRS agents? That doesn't seem to compute at all, does it? Now, by the way, they're saying that it's going to reduce inflation. It's not going to reduce inflation. If it does, and this is the honest to God truth, it may reduce inflation. Why? 
because it's going to hurt you so badly that you won't be able to buy things. Remember, too much money chasing too few goods. So if you can't make the goods, you've got to reduce the money chasing it. That means they've got to slow you down at the store. And that is exactly what this bill will do. But because the government is going to be spending so much more money, I don't think it's going to reduce inflation at all. In fact, I think it's going to make inflation worse. But your your life is going to become much more tough. Now, I want to give you some perspective on this. First of all, the American people just see how out of touch the American people, uh, 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 the uh, Washington is compared to the American people. Just 12 percent of the new um, economist YouGov poll, 12 percent of people think that this will actually reduce inflation. The other hand, three times as many, 36 percent, believe it will actually increase inflation. Twenty three percent say they don't think the bill will move inflation either way. And only twenty nine percent say they're unsure. Now, this bill is climate and inflation reduction. You don't believe that it's actually going to reduce inflation. They didn't ask if you think it would actually help the green movement and protect the earth. But they did ask this. Do you do you believe it will lower inflation? Average respondent? No. 51%. No. But do you support the bill? 31% said they strongly oppose or somewhat oppose the bill. The rest agreed with it. So who's confused here? You don't believe in it, but you support it. Now, I'm not talking about you personally, but I'm talking about the American people. How is that possible? That is because we still believe that our government, somehow or another, there's still enough people believe that our government or your personal guy in Congress or in the Senate is doing the right thing. I don't know how this is working. Well, I do. They didn't ask another question in that poll. Do you actually know what's in it? I can guarantee you most people don't know what's in it. But let me give you a couple of things. And let's start with a big one. The Inflation Reduction Act uh, will give the IRS $80 billion in additional funding. So you know that's a 600% increase of their budget. 600%. They will hire as many as 87,000 additional employees for enforcement. The increase would more than double the size of the IRS workforce, which currently has... 78,661 full-time staffers. So they have 78,000. They're adding an additional 87,000. To give you some perspective, 
the Pentagon. You know how many people work at the Pentagon? You know, a huge building that goes on and on and on. Pentagon, world's largest military. The Pentagon houses 27,000 employees. 27,000. We're talking over 160,000 IRS agents. The State Department employs 77,243. The FBI has 35,000 people. The Customs and Border Patrol employs 19,536 Border Patrol agents. This will make the IRS bigger than all of those agencies combined. Now are you for this act? It's a little too late, but are you now for this act? This is going to be staggering. And here's where it really will impact you. In the bill, in fact, I want to page uh, page 529 of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, it will pay, pay farmers to not farm. They want, uh, they want to uh, restore the soil. So the measures will include plowing your soil less, implementing climate-friendly crop rotation techniques, and planting cover crops that do not yield any food. There's $20 billion available September 30th now to diminish the climate uh, impact from farms. They are going to start paying farmers not to farm, and then you'll be fine. Um, they're also going to now, I would like to say encourage you, but what they're going to do to the farmers is tell them exactly how they can farm. They're going to tell them now, just like they are over in Europe, where the farmers are going out of business and on the streets protesting. They are now going to tell them that they have to uh, adopt more climate-friendly provisions. Uh, they are going to regulate what you can feed your cow. Uh, they're going to, um, they're going to uh, also tell you what you can grow how you grow it, what you can use as fertilizer. And the fertilizer that we're all used to, you know, the one that grows one-third more than the old fertilizer, you're not going to be able to use that. Now, we're entering a global food crisis. Farmers all around the world are going in on this nonsense. It's not working all around the world, and we've just implemented it, and we're hiring 87,000 new IRS agents to make sure you comply. Well, this doesn't have anything to do with the taxes. Oh, yeah, it does, because you will be getting subsidies. Oh, yes, it does, because you'll have an ESG score if you're a farmer. This is going to devastate our farms. Have you ever noticed that whenever communists take over, the first thing they do is kill usually everybody who disagrees with them. 
They take out anybody who is ever successful at something. Look at the difference between GM and Elon Musk. Look at the difference between what he's building and what all these other guys have been building. The guy's building a spaceship to Mars. The guy has transformed the automobile. And yet, he's on the outs. They're coming after him. I can guarantee you some of those 87,000 IRS agents are just going to work on Elon Musk and his companies. So they first come after anybody who is a capitalist, anybody who disagrees with them. Anyone can do anything. They get rid of them if they can't co-op them. Then they go after the farmers. And then when there's a problem with the farmers, they then kill the farmers or take their land away and say, you're not doing it right. Well, because farmers have farmed for generations, they know the things that they have to do. It's not like farmers don't know to rest their land or to or to change their crops. Of course, they know that they're farmers. Now we have eggheads coming in and it happens every time communists take control. That's why people end up eating the zoo animals and then their dogs. This is really very dangerous. Oh, by the way, <laughs> um, in Europe, they're already to the next phase. The first phase was saying <clears throat> the climate has to be controlled and we have to control it through the farmers. The farmers then start to collapse. The farmers then start to take to the streets and say, this is insanity. Well, the next phase is because no one knows where their food comes from or how to grow it. The next phase is already happening. The anti-farm sentiment is growing now in Europe. You watch. The farmers are going to get a really bad name. And the farmers are going to be blamed for the food shortages. You watch. I guarantee it. It's already happening in Europe. So now people are taking to the streets and saying it's these farmers that are at fault. This story repeats itself over and over again until human beings learn the lesson. The question is, America, will we learn the lesson this time? It's amazing because on some of these things, we're behind we have the results from Europe, and we're still doing it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I'm going to start playing a new game on the program. Uh, I don't know. I haven't named it yet, but I was thinking, Stu, what do you think of, uh, you remember the show What's My Line? Yes. Yeah, game show on mm -hmm. TV. No idea how it even worked or what it was about. I just remember the name. What's my line? Okay, so what's my line? I think it should be what's my line or, or uh, yeah, what's my line? What's my line? Um, do you draw the line anywhere? Anywhere. What's your line? What's your line? Because I got a couple of them that are past my line. For instance, uh, uh, Jalen Rose. You know who that is? Mm -hmm. ESPN. I don't know. Analyst. Analyst. Player, yeah. Does whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, he says that he is making his mission to cancel the term 
Mount Rushmore mm. because he says Mount Rushmore is just offensive. Stu, what's your line? Is that beyond it or? Uh, my line there is no. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, me mm-hmm. too. Not, not, no, I'm not canceling okay. that, no. Mars Wrigley, the company that predict, uh, produces Snickers, mm-hmm. issued an apology to China on Friday <laughs> after suggesting that Taiwan is an independent country. Stu, you're a Snickers executive. They come in to you and say, Stu, what's your line? No. 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 We're, we're okay. not apologizing to okay. China for calling a country a country. Thank you. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How about this one? Now, mm. I had a really hard time even understanding this story because it gets very confusing. Okay. If you have children, you might want, I'm going to be talking about an anatomically correct um, thing mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and because it's important that you hear the story as written. So you just, you're forewarned here. Do you mind if I take notes on this? Because I, I've tried oh, I to think follow you need the a story. Yeah, I read it to Stu right before, and he was like, wait a minute, who? What? Mm-hmm. Okay. An 80-year-old Washington state woman has been banned from using her local YMCA's pool after she expressed discomfort with a biological male in the women's locker room as young girls were undressing. Mm-hmm. She was in the shower when she heard a male voice peeked out to find a biological male in a women's swimsuit engaging with little girls who were undressing. Got it? This seems like a a heroic story of a woman protecting children against a male in the women's bathroom. Correct. Correct. That's that's not what the story is, though. No, it's not. Mm -mm. The biological... No, the 80-year-old woman's the villain here. Mm. Uh, The biological male was reportedly with the girls from the day camp overseeing their bathroom activities now my first question comes in you don't have a woman that could do that wait so the the biological male worked at the the ymca YMCA. okay employee and he's at the girls camp the day camp and the job they gave the biological male was overseeing their bathroom activities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. they couldn't have selected any other employee No, you'd be sexist and a bigot. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was overseeing their bathroom activities. Addressing the Port Townsend City Council on Monday, Julie Jamin, that is the 80-year-old. Julie Jamin. Jamin. Okay. Okay. Resident of Port Townsend about 40 years, described the situation she had been in after her regular swim at the Mountain Valley Pool. In an effort by the city and the YMCA to apply the neocultural gender rules at Mountain View Pool dressing. The what? The neocultural neocultural gender gender rules. rules. This is the the 80-year-old saying this. Mm -hmm. Um, At Mountain View Pool dressing, shower, and uh, room facilities, women and children are being put at risk. Jamin also said she had been showering after her July 26th swim at the pool when she heard a man's voice in the women's dressing area. She said she saw a man in a women's swimsuit watching little girls pull down their bathing suits in order to use the toilets in the dressing room. In an email from the YMCA's marketing and communications manager to the Post Millennial, they said that the staff member was not engaging with these little girls, but rather as- escorting them to the dressing room. Okay, so he was just standing there looking at them. 
waiting for them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the Port Townsend Free Press, Jamin, who had been in the shower when she realized what was happening, hidden behind thin, sheer shower curtains, asked this person, revealed, to go by the name Clementine Adams. Clementine. Now, I think that's the that's guy. The, that's the guy who was she said, the employee. Right. She said, ask this person revealed to go by the name of Clementine Adams. I don't even know what that means. I think I think it means they have uncovered who the person is. So oh, okay. that right. was not named in the original story. They're revealing oh, okay. that here right. for the okay. first time. Clementine okay. Adams mm-hmm. and said, quote, 80-year-old woman, do you have a penis? <laughs> Uh, it's a fair question in this moment. I, I think like. it is. Clementine <laughs> said, none of your business. Mm. Jamins then said, get out of here right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're discriminating and you can't use the pool anymore. And I'm calling the police. Can't you? Right. Okay. Seems it's like. Okay. So no, mm-hmm. hang on just a second. Who said that? I believe that was Julie Jamin, the 80 year old woman. This is the way the paragraph reads. Your dis- starts here. You're discriminating and you can't use the pool anymore. And I'm calling. Oh, wait, the no. Po- if you're discriminating, then it's got to be the employee saying that. Yeah. But which employee? I you, thought you, Clementine. Wait, 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 wait. I think we just jumped into another time dimension. You're discriminating. Can't use the pool anymore. And I'm calling the police. YMCA aquatics manager Rowan DeLuna. Oh, told Jamin after she requested that Adams leave the room. OK, so another employee. Yeah. What's the name of that we one? We don't know. That that one is uh, DeLuna. Rowan DeLuna. Rowan. Now, don't have a sex. Don't know if she has male parts or female parts. Don't know. Rowan? Rowan. I think of Rowan Atkinson. So do I. <laughs> and, a- and you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> in an email from the YMCA's marketing communications manager, they said that Jamin was not permanently suspended for this incident alone but rather due to, quote, repeatedly violating the Olympic Peninsula YMCA code of conduct. I can't imagine what it is if a guy can stand in the girl's dressing room and watch little girls go to the bathroom. I can't imagine what their code of conduct is and what you would have to do to violate that code of conduct. Um, Also, specifically use disrespectful words or gestures towards YMCA staff or others and abusive, harassing and or obscene language or gestures towards the YMCA staff or others. This 80 year old woman, this 80 year old woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. The manager said that the facility has experienced past issues, but that the incident in the changing room was, quote, unforgivable and extremely harmful. Unforgivable. Mm-hmm. To ask a person with to get out to yeah mm-hmm. as Jamin an eighty year old woman mm-hmm. saying this as Jamin attempted to leave the building Deluna reportedly told Jamin that she was not abiding by the YMCA's principles and values you mean the young men's Christian Association <laughs> I just <laughs> there's a lot in that there's title. a lot in there the young oh. men's Christian Association. Okay. Uh, another YMCA staffer reportedly blocked Jamin from leaving, to which Jamin said, Bullcrap, I'm going to the police right now. I Wait. want help and I need it immediately. Wait, they kicked her out and blocked, blocked her, from, her leaving? from leaving. Another yes. employee blocked her. Blocked her. Then Why? Jamin went next door to the police and then later received a callback from the Port Townsend police, Mark Titterness. Okay, so Titterness. Titterness. Titterness? Titterness. Titterness is his name. Titterness is 
his name. Police officer. Okay, got it. And Titterman said that the 80-year-old woman had an emotional response to a strange... Titterness or Titterman? Uh, Titterness. Sorry, Titterness. Yeah. Had an emotional response to a strange male being in the bathroom and helping a young girl take off her bathing suit. Now, that's a hateful thing to say because it was not a young male. No, no, not a strange male. It was not a strange male. Yeah. It was a strange woman with a penis. Correct. At the Young Men's Christian Association. Now imagine how she has (laughs) suffered her whole life being a female and going, and I got this junk downstairs. I'm sorry. And saying, and I got this junk downstairs. This call also contained call records made by an anonymous person at the YMCA. Anonymous. Anonymous person said Clementine was in the bathroom with a child in the day camp. And Julie asked if she, Julie, who is Julie? Julie is Julie, Julie Jamison? 80-year-old woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Julie asked, I didn't know we were on a first name basis with this, with this 80-year-old woman, uh, seeing that you're an anonymous caller. And Julie asked if she had a penis and then started screaming at her to get out. In another call, this person, so is it same person? So the person, person made called, multiple calls? Yes. In another call, this person said that Jamin had been asked to leave and is refusing, but they were blocking her. Remember that? Right. <laughs> Yet another happening? call said that Jamin was screaming at an employee. Wait, another call from another person? Yet another call said that Jamin doesn't even say if it's the same person or another person. Okay. Another I'm call. guessing, seeing that we've had two from the other, from that one person, and this one doesn't say from another individual, just as another call. I'm sure she's just like, uh, you know what? And another thing. She was screaming at an employee and calling names and refusing to leave. Jamin had also spoke spoken to Wendy Bart. This is the CEO of the Olympic Peninsula YMCA. I'm running out of space. Wait, Wendy Bart? Bart. She's the CEO. Wendy Bart. Bart said that a staff member, unnamed, claimed Jamin said to Adams, and I can't even, you're going to stick your uh, EFF-ing P-word into those little girls. I think effing is, so is already a I didn't a sus- even okay. feel comfortable okay. saying that uh, in this particular conduct, uh, context. Uh, according to Jamin, she said, quote, I'm an 80-year-old woman. I don't ever talk like that by the way there is no signage informing women the shower room is now all gender or what that means jamin told the city council nor have parents been informed of what they can expect with these new policies so there you go okay i that really have a difficult time following that story, mm-hmm. uh, but I find this more and more because I don't know who is talking to who. Oh, uh, I, I was trying to read that Demi Lovato story from last week. Yeah. where apparently they. Mm-hmm. She was a she. Yeah. Then she said, "No, I'm a they." Now she's back to a she because she's feeling feminine right now and trying to uh, decipher. Like now, do all the people who are calling her they they, they were wrong or they they were right? No, it they were changed. right. You but can't. they now have to change back to she, and because she's feeling very feminine now, she can be she. But she could go back to they or it. I mean, but like that means nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can just change it by feeling away and just changing it for everyone, then what you changed it to or from mean nothing. And that's, of course, I guess the point of all of this. Uh, But the the, remember, remember, what did I tell you? The operative word would be in these times. 
chaos. This is chaos of the language. You can't understand anything. So the basic story here is that an 80-year-old woman heard a man in the locker room who was helping, again, not just in the locker room, but helping kids undress and little girls, little girls go to the bathroom. And she called it out, yelled at the guy, wanted him to leave. And then she got thrown out and is being harangued by the organization. So what is responsible? What is a reasonable answer here? <laughs> Seriously. I've got a bunch of them. Let me let me edit out the ones I shouldn't say and say yeah. the I, the reasonable answer would be that if you're going to have a transgendered employee that's going to be working for you that perhaps you don't assign them the duties of being inside a women's locker room with elderly women who obviously aren't onto your new gender thing and having them have the responsibility of undressing children, little girls in particular. So here's what the, the, here's what the rational thing would be to do. Now, you, this is not rational 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is just rational today if you're trying to, if you weren't trying to cause chaos and destroy the fabric of our nation, you would say, okay, look, dude, um, ma'am, we are, we're totally cool, but because not everybody believes the same thing, uh, we sure appreciate you. And yes, you can help, but we do have to notify all of the parents um, because a lot of the parents, so that we give them the option of dropping out. I know bigots, but hey, this is the way they are. Uh, and you can't take the little girls into the bathroom because some parents say no. Okay. We just, we want you to be happy, but we also want to respect other people that may not believe the same thing. Or you just have this and lock it down from anybody else who isn't on your train. But what they're doing is causing chaos and strife and condemning anyone. That's the problem. The problem is condemning anyone who disagrees with these crazy radical ideas. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Carrie Lake, welcome to the program. Good morning, Glenn. It was good to, to hear you on stage. Oh. At they said, you're following Glenn Beck. And I said, no, I can't do that. Don't make me follow him. He's, he's you, too much of a legend. You are remarkable. Uh, I watched you and I listened to you on Saturday at CPAC and you could someday be an easy vice presidential candidate. You could be a president. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, wh- I don't know where you're headed, let's but not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm headed know. to the ninth floor, the governor's office in Arizona, because we have such problems here that we need to solve. And, you know, I think what we learned from President Trump is he, it doesn't take that much work to solve the problems if you have the will to do it. And we have the ideas. Unfortunately, this last part of the election, the primary, the media refused to cover our policies, which I believe are some of the best policies we've ever seen in Arizona, because they're America first policies brought down to the Arizona to the state level. So what? So and, give me some of those policies. Give me give me the things well, I, that you're really proud of. And you're like, can't wait to put this in. I, I really love, you know, besides the border, and I talk about that all the time, but so I want to talk about a couple of others. I want to talk about my 
my program to end street homelessness, chronic street homelessness. I don't know if you've been to Phoenix lately, but have. many American cities are just turning into homeless encampments. And, yes. You know, I just don't believe God envisioned us to live in despair with a needle in our arm on the street. And we, we need to help these people. But we also need to remember it's not compassionate for the people of Arizona to allow this problem to grow. It takes away our quality of life. So we're going to uh, work to get the help to these people. And I've got it's a very involved plan. I won't go into every detail. Get them off the streets. And we're going to ban urban camping, as they call it, Mm -hmm. by building enough uh, shelter beds for them to have a place to stay, get them treatment, get them off the streets. And, you know, those who refuse the treatment, it's going to become a little more difficult to live in Arizona because we're not going to allow public drug use, the crimes that the chronic street homeless um, typically are taking part in. So it's a little bit of tough love, but there's a lot of love in there. And frankly, Glenn, we need all hands on deck. We need everybody to be contributing. We've got jobs that are out there that we want to put Americans into fill. So we're going to get job training for these people once we get them off the drugs. And I I just refuse to allow any money from the state to go into a homeless program that is not showing results. That's the problem with so many of these issues. An industry is created around an issue, and then there's no interest in solving the problem. It just enables the problem, and we're not going to allow that anymore. Yeah, I tell you, there's... There's lots of programs out there that are showing results. They're just bad results. I mean, look at California. Holy cow. Los Angeles now is talking about uh, uh, they're voting on Friday, uh, the city council, uh, on whether or not to demand hotels from five-star to dumps to every day by 2 o'clock post how many rooms they have open, and then they have to shelter the homeless in those rooms. That's insanity. Can you imagine? It's total insanity. And, and those kind of policies have enabled the homeless and the drug-using um, you know, subsection of the homeless to continue to use. They're handing out needles and they're you know, handing out food and keeping everybody on the street. What we need to do is get them off the street, and we will ban the urban camping by building enough shelter beds. And President Trump kind of talked about it. I was surprised in his speech at CPAC. Mm-hmm. We're going to build enough beds so we can ban the urban camping. Because if you don't have enough beds, you can't ban urban camping. And then we're going to get the help needed. And we're going to get these people to become contributing members of society. That's uh, Build them up, help them. But we cannot continue to forget the hardworking, taxpaying Arizonans who want their parks back. They want to walk down the street without being accosted by somebody who's either Uh, on drugs or mentally ill and dangerous. And we've just seen too many crimes that are committed by people who are homeless and on the streets that are serious crimes. And we can't just keep throwing money at these programs that are enabling people to use drugs and remain on the street. Well, there's so so many things, so so many things that are playing into this. I mean, you have the, you have the border, you have the lack of respect for police. You have, you know, DAs, Uh, I mean, everything that's happening is designed to create more and more chaos. Let me talk to you about um, ESG. Are you familiar with ESG? And if so, what are you planning on doing about it in your state? What is ESG? What's that acronym? uh, ESG is Environmental, Social, and Governance. (laughs) So it's the, uh, the Great Reset. I am familiar with that. 
And, and, and what part of that are you asking about my opinion? So on? I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to send you a copy of my book. Uh, there are states that are now taking it on, I think about 22 and the state treasury are pulling all of their um, their resources, all of their investments out of any group like BlackRock that is yes. enforcing ESG standards because it's 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 not good. It's just going to cripple no. everything. I, uh, I'm with you on that 100 percent. And we have uh, uh, hopefully Kimberly Yee, who is our state treasurer, will get on board with that. We should not be investing in you know, when I was doing a lot more investing when President Trump was in office. I, I looked at companies that I respected that respected us. And that's what I want to put my money into. Mm-hmm. And we need to start looking at that. We got, we've got to stop investing our state money. And some of these banks, for example, that we're doing banking with in the state, they are against our constitutional rights. They won't work with people who uh, manufacture ammo or guns. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to get to where they won't work with you if you don't have the same ideological beliefs they have. So what is your Trump supporter? What is the main thing that drives you? The main issues that drive you, obviously the border. What else really is driving you? Is it education? Is it what? Yes. My education plan calls for a dual track education after 10th grade. And, And, you know, Glenn, you and I are old enough to remember when we kind of had this in our schools. So after 10th grade, you decided if you were going to take that route to go to a four year college or mm-hmm. if you wanted to go and get trade skills, mm-hmm. trade training, if you wanted to get uh, vocational training or certification, the majority of jobs out there don't require a four-year college. They require a little bit of training, and you can go out and actually make a good living. They have this down in one of the schools near Tucson in the Vail School District. They have a, a welding program in their school. It's so popular, they had to grow it the first year. Every student who graduates high school from that welding program has a job offer between 70,000 and a hundred thousand with full benefits. These are the smart kids. I'm telling you, they're going to be able to make a living, provide for their family someday. And we've got to start providing our kids a true education that prepares them for the real world out there. Not some fantasy land world where they're ending up in debt, working at a Starbucks. So how would you compare yourself to, let's say, uh, DeSantis, where he is pretty much taking the bull by the horns on every subject uh, and uh, getting a lot of heat for it. Where are you when you look at how you would handle your job and how how would you get the uh, the House and the Senate on board with you to be able to pass Um, laws and not edicts? Well, let's start with um, the DeSantis part. I, I absolutely love the man. I've wa- been watching him for a long time, and I love that he doesn't care what the media thinks. He cares about the people of Florida, and he cares about freedom. And so I would do a lot of the same things here. And we need somebody who is not going to cower to the media. We've got to start having Republicans who say, we don't care what they're saying. We care about effective policy that helps our constituents. And so I really respect what he's doing. And I might even copy a few of the things he's doing if he doesn't mind. Yeah, I don't so, think he would. I don't think he would. Um, when it comes to our legislature, I, that's a great question. And I, I've already been thinking about that. As a matter of fact, I, I talked to President Trump along the way and I said, would you please consider endorsing some people in the legislature? I, if you want me to be successful as a governor, I've got to have a legislature I can work with. You know, we had a we had a majority, but it was a one vote majority in Arizona and it was 
we, with three rhinos in the yeah. legislature, it made it really hard to get a meaningful election a, a legislation planned or through rather. And so he did endorse three people and we got rid of three rhinos. And I'm really oh, excited good. about that. That's so good. that'll help. And I think we're going to have a red wave and I will work very closely with the legislature. As I said, I'm running for governor, not God. We need the legislature to do good work and make sure we're addressing the real problems out there. Your website is Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I Lake.com. If you want to get involved and find out more, Carrie Lake.com. Thank you, Carrie. 